Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, everybody. This is Joe Lynch from the Logistics of Logistics. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. Today, I have a good friend of mine here, Kevin Hill. And today, Kevin and I are going to talk about the niches have riches. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you very much, Joe. It's always a pleasure and honor to be on your podcast. Thank you so much. It's an honor to have you here. I was just talking to Kevin offline. Kevin was my second podcast interview. And that was before he really learned how to do this over at Freightways. He was still, uh, even before he's got to Freightways, I had no idea what I was doing. If you listen, I think it came out pretty good, but we were the blind leading the blind that day. We were. That was the first <laughs> podcast I ever was invited to, to go do. It was yours. Well, you did my great. first one. I think it wasn't awful. It was just the sound quality was a little mm-hmm. bad here and there. And uh, you, you got to start somewhere, guys. <laughs> you do. You do. You're always going to have problems when you first start out doing anything and you just get better and better with time. Yep. So, Kevin, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about where you work and where you live, and uh, and then we'll get started. Yes, I am the Director of Editorial and Research here at Freight Waves. I've been here just over a year. So all the content you see on the website, the written content, I kind of direct that. And then we have research, you know, whether it's passport research or sonar research, where we do 15, 20-page white papers on, on the market and where the market's going and and different kind of tribal knowledge topic matters that, that we try to quantify. So that's what we do here, or that's what I do here. And then I also have a couple of podcasts myself now or TV shows. I'm not even sure what they are anymore. But one of those is um, Put That Coffee Down, which is a freight sales podcast with our good friend Tim Dooner. Guys, if you don't already listen, please take a listen of the content being created over at Freight Waves. And I'm not just saying this because Kevin's on the podcast, but it seems as if all of a sudden within the last few years, all of the really good content is coming out of Freight Waves. I mean, they create some fantastic content. And it seems as if the rest of the trucking world and logistics world is kind of orbiting around freight waves and they've done a fantastic job with this content. And, you know, it's, it's easy to listen to. It's not, not that your dad would have a podcast because he would have been a long time ago, but it's not your father's podcast. They do a great job on stuff. It is not. We were fast to the news. We have a quick turnaround and on our media side, Emily Zink came in about a year ago as well and really took charge with that. She was at anchor out in Omaha and she knows the industry so it's highly entertaining. The podcasts, the TV shows, they all kind of meld into together now. So really good freight market topics and entertaining. When I had Craig Fuller on the podcast, I talked to him about traditionally, I think of people as either logistics guys and supply chain guys or writers. And usually you don't find both. What they've been able to do a really nice job on over at Freight Waves is content creators, whether it's podcasts, those guys actually know what they're talking about. They come from our world. But on top of that, there's a whole bunch of um, writers who are working in concert with the guys in the field. So it's a powerful combination. It really works. Yeah, we have our market experts and our journalists who usually have a pretty good industry knowledge as well. But we meld that together and 
have really good commentary and then sonar, the, the data and analytics to, to back it up. Yep. Kev, tell us a little bit about your background prior to joining FreightWaves and a little bit of what you've been up to. Sure. So, so I, I grew up in Oklahoma, moved from there to Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I'm at now about a year ago to, to join FreightWaves. Did a number of, of different things in sales and, and financial research sales uh, in New York and went back, got my MBA, and then I became a freight broker for some reason. I, I became a freight broker, got into logistics, learned it from the ground up in Oklahoma and saw a need. So created a data company where we collected information or we still collect information on trucking companies, and that's carrierless. And I still operate that as a business on the side. We have a couple hundred freight broker logistics companies as subscribers to that. They go in and source uh, new carriers with about 80% of all carriers in there that are for hire above, you know, five to 100 truck counts. So go in there and find capacity. And um, that's kind of my background. Excellent, excellent. So Kevin and I, uh, when we were talking the other day, I was I actually, we were exchanging emails last month or so, talking about what we might talk about. I really wanted to have Kevin back on my podcast to show him I knew how to do it right, and hopefully I will do that. And one of the ideas I had was I wanted to talk about market segments. In one of the emails, Kevin wrote back to me right away saying, yeah, I love it, I love it, um, let's do this. And then he wrote, the niches have the riches. And I was like, Exactly, exactly. So then today when we were uh, prepping, I said, we need that. We need a little bit of a, a snappier title for this. I don't want to just say specialization. I don't want to say market segments. But Kevin said, yep, niches have the riches. So let's talk about that, Kevin. So first off, let's talk about specialization. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about niches. Kev, why do we need to talk about specialization? Because the niches are the riches, or the riches are where the niches are. And you, you find that, you know, from Warren Buffett's philosophy to value investing to really every company is you can dominate a niche, right? You can produce enough content to, to dominate a niche, but to, to try to cover everything under the sun in transportation you're trying to be all things to everybody. We, we talked about this before, right? You're trying to be ev- all things to everyone, and you turn out to be none to to everybody. You lose right. your relevance as you spread yourself thin. And I used to sell to law firms quite a bit, and you have the kitchen seeking approach where we, we do law from probate and wills to litigation to government affairs. But then you have these boutique shops, right? And that's what they call them, boutique shops where we do litigation, we do class action litigation. That's all we do. And you know that they're probably very good at that because that's all they do. And they produce all of their content, all their market expertise is directed to maybe class action lawsuits in automobile accidents in the state of state of Alabama, let's say. They drill it down to where everyone who walks in the door, everyone they contact, is someone that they can really advise instead of trying to, to cast a large net and being right. good at, at nothing. Yep. And Kev, if we could go a little deeper into this is when you start picking a specialization, it allows you to start creating content and start going, as Kevin said, deeper into that space. I've done in the past a lot of content marketing. And when I talk to clients about doing content marketing, I would say, 
what are the five biggest problems facing that customer? So let's just say we're talking about right now, and we're talking to food companies. Say, what's the problem? Five biggest problems right in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. So if this is six months from now, there might be another crisis that we're dealing with. But if you can start to say, what are the five biggest problems facing first the industry, then also the company, now you start to have something to talk about. If I'm going to treat every shipper the same, if I'm going to say, hi, I've got cheap rates and I'm great customer service and you'll love working with me, that's just a, eh, who cares? And I, I told Kevin this, uh, I had Jim Beerfeld on my podcast a few months ago, and he's a fantastic logistics marketer. And he said, he's done a lot of research on how shippers behave and, and how they buy. And he's been doing it for years. And one of the things he said is a lot of shippers will say, I get tons of phone calls from transportation logistics companies. They don't know my business and they don't know my industry, and I feel like I'm just another name on a list that they have to call. And that's pretty pathetic. <laughs> and, and those shippers are probably 100% right. You know, it is just another name, a 3PL or a freight broker is making their power hour where they're making 60 co-calls, and they're just one other name on the list. And that's the space you're operating in if you don't develop your own niche and usually your niche, you already have your niche. You just don't know it, maybe. Or you, you don't realize it. That it. Way. You know it. You don't realize it. And it's right. the rate you move or what you do on a consistent basis. And, and Joe, yours is auto. You have a deep background in auto. Why try to go do food shipping when you know everything about the auto space? I know food, too. <laughs> those are my two things. Food, okay. <laughs> well, let's pick something else. A chemical tanker haulers. Right. right. I don't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know either. And my niche when I went to free brokerage was, and I didn't choose it. It chose me. Cross-border, flatbeds, you know, steel, a lot of steel coils, send loads from the Midwest down to Monterey, Mexico, to, to auto plants or, or or stamping plants for the auto manufacturers. I got to know the border process. And we always got stuck in trying to diversify away from that and trying to get van freight or food shipping freight, right? And, you know, on a reefer, what the temperature is supposed to be for asparagus, I have no idea. And when I called people, I had no idea and they knew I didn't have any idea. And I always thought, you know, I want to have this niche. I know it now. I don't want to learn anything else. I just want to get better at it. And... That's really the key. You know, I can yep. pick up the phone and talk to, to any shipper, you know, that ran, especially flatbeds across the border and be able to have a, a great consultative, intelligent conversation with them. I knew their pain points. And from there, you start building content. Yep. And so also, Kevin, if in the old world, let's just say pre-internet, I remember that day. Pre-internet, you could get on the phone and tell each and every shipper exactly what they wanted to hear. Oh, we specialize in food. We specialize in CPG. We specialize in moving furniture. Who's to know? There's no internet to check on me, right? In this day and age, we want to be found online. If Kevin was to call me and say, hey, I'd like to move your freight. I specialize in food. I'm going to connect with him on LinkedIn if I'm not already connected. And I see, I don't see anything about food. This guy's pulling my leg. He's not telling me the truth. So 
I think when you talk about a website, it needs actual content. You can't say, I'm a hustler and I provide great customer service. That doesn't work. I have to pick that niche, have to determine a content plan. That content plan, a really easy one is, again, what's the five biggest problems? And we provide a solution to those five biggest problems. And that's going to inform your webinars, your articles, your websites. And if you go on a podcast like mine or Kevin's, you're talking about that specialization, not talking about, oh, hi, Kev, Joe, uh, great to talk to you. I specialize in everything. (laughs) Whatever you need moved, I'll move it. Oh, China Freight? Absolutely. That's us. Home delivery, whatever you need, I'm your guy. I think that's such a nonsense thing to say in this day and age. Yeah, there's a lot of 3PLs, and then they make minor fortunes off a handful of clients in a specific industry or a specific move, or, you know, and that could be industry verticals, which we'll talk about here in a second. It could be a mode. It could be in, in regions or lanes. You get to pick out your own specialty, and it's usually what you're successful at anyway. So that's the great thing about it. And you have this knowledge. You have to put it down on paper. You build your website. You build your content. And... You provide value to prospects out there, and especially for for smaller brokerages, you know, say $30, $40, $50 million in revenue, you don't have the time or resources to market yourself as good at everything. That is your marketing message. You are missing a lot of opportunities because you're not drilling down. The riches are in the niches, and I, I, I firmly believe that because you can dominate something or you can create your own category as well. Yep, Kev, I think there's another piece to this. When you start talking to a customer on the phone and they, they, maybe they reached out to you and mm-hmm. they say, hey, maybe you're in your old job and they say, hey, Kev, I need a whole bunch of steel moved from the U.S. down to Mexico. And you go, oh, this is what I do. There's a confidence that you have at that point. There's a swagger that you can have. You already know what their problems are. And when they say, we don't know, we, we're good getting it to Laredo, but we always had, we get these huge delays at the border. And you're like, I got this. I know how to get it over the border. I do it every day. So your confidence soars, your swagger, I'll call mm-hmm. it. But there's also, there's something to be said for experience and expertise that once you have it, people know, it's, you can feel it. It matters. And when you start stuttering and saying, uh yeah, absolutely. I uh I can move it to Mexico and you st- they hear you typing, googling, moving great to Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> they know that that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I, they they know it and if they actually if they actually give you the freight to quote or to to actually move, you're not going to do a very good job at it. You're going to waste a lot of time trying to price that, going through that process. And your win rate is going to be very low. You have no confidence at it, nor should you have any confidence at it because you don't know anything about it. Stick with your niche. Stick with what you know. And and as we said, all these industry verticals are huge, massive, fragmented. And all you need as a salesperson, especially, is a handful of those. Yeah, in fact, I guess you go one step further. If I say, if I'm calling you and I say, hi, Kev, this is Joe Lynch and uh, – you know, I was just in Laredo and I saw some of your freight cross the border and I'm in Laredo once a month because we move 400 shipments a month out of the U.S. down to Mexico. Well, that's a great way to start the call as opposed mm-hmm. to say, I'll try and say something a little humorous and see if, he, um, <laughs> if he's got time to waste with someone who doesn't know anything. 
You're exactly right. Because you, you get their attention. You get their attention very quickly. It's like, yeah, hey, I, I was down here and I, I saw where you had freight. And, and basically, well, you are starting a conversation at that point. Yep. One last point on this, and then mm-hmm. we'll get into talking about the market segments. Peter Stefanovich was on my podcast a while back, and he talks about being a business broker. He helps freight brokers buy freight brokers, 3PLs buy 3PLs. Very, very knowledgeable. And one of the things he said that he's always looking for or companies who are looking to acquire other companies are looking for is some sort of niche. They're looking mm-hmm. for, yep, they do 200 truckloads a week from LA to New York. That's exactly what we're looking for. Or these guys have a food specialization and we wanted to grow into that space. So this is perfect. Bringing that, I have a whole bunch of scattershot freight in every industry, in every region, not so good. You're exactly right. Peter's exactly right. You drive your valuation. If you own a freight brokerage and you're out here listening, you're going to get a much higher valuation and multiple for your business if you specialize in, in one concentrated niche area. And that's because if the larger freight brokerages say it's a public freight broker and they're looking for smaller bolt on acquisitions to deliver value to, to areas or to, to learn different niches, right? It's easier for them to go out and buy that business than go out and create it internally. And that will drive your valuation. So if you're looking to exit your business, you need a niche. Because that's where the riches are. That's where the riches are, yes. <laughs> so, so let's talk about some of those niches. So one way to pick a niche is this. You can get an industry vertical. Now, we'll talk about some other ways. This is just the starting point. So Kevin and I are going to talk about 11 verticals. We're going to go kind of quick just from a time perspective. But you'll notice the big boys, C.H. Robinson, they have a whole bunch of verticals listed. And what they've done a great job is, is they'll pick a vertical, say like automotive. Then they have a guy within their company who is one of the thought leaders, and they create content for that vertical alone. So we'll go over, like, uh, and again, that's what the big boys are doing. And you'll see a lot of smaller companies say, we specialize in this. We won't take other business. That's mm-hmm. where we got to get to, guys. So the go. first niche I already mentioned, which is automotive. Automotive is a huge, huge space. Tons of inbound stuff to manufacturers. There's the aftermarket, which is tons of parts. We were talking about offline. They do a lot of less than truckload, truckload parcel, you name it, depending where you're at. Yeah, it's a huge industry, isn't it? It really is. The second one is uh, chemical and plastics. And that is going to be everything from DuPont, which is here or used to be here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, to if you go down to Houston, Classic Ellis, <laughs> right? You go down to Houston and, and Chemical Alley, you're, you're going to have a lot of those chemical and plastics, so a lot of tankers, a lot of, you know, specialized hazmat type of moves. It could be vans. Sometimes it's reefer, depending on the weather, but you have a lot of bulk type of movements. We'll get right back to the podcast in just a moment. If you sell transportation or logistics services, the Logistics of Logistics can help you sell more. Our customized program will help you understand your sales personality, including your strengths and blind spots, get more sales leads, and improve your communication and salesmanship. We can also position you as a recognized industry expert and help you reach your target audience. To learn more, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com. And now, back to the show. 
And the next one after that is industrial manufacturing. Industrial manufacturing behaves very much like automotive. Yeah, it's kind of a catch-all, obviously, mm-hmm. but you'll see flatbeds moving, you know, oversized materials over dimensional. You'll see a lot of stuff moving from China when you're doing this kind of business. Tons of stuff coming in from China, so you'll pick it up at the ports. A lot of inbound, if it's a manufacturer, they're going to have tons of LTL coming from their suppliers. You got anything to add to that one, Kev? You're exactly right. You're going to have a, a little bit of everything depending on the product. The next one is government and defense, and you're going to have a lot of hoops, a lot of DOD regulations, a lot of uh, small business type of certificates that, that you're going to have to go out and get. It's, it's kind of a little bit of high barrier to, to entry because of government and you know, it's, it's red tape. It's red tape, and some of that's good red tape once you get in there and get those those special awards, right? It's hard to you get. You guys have some FEMA experience in your house, right? We do, yeah. We, we have some FEMA experience in our house, too, so that's, that's exactly right. Once you get signed on to FEMA, it's a really good gig. I was in Laredo quite a bit in the last few years. Mm-hmm. When you drive through Laredo, if you, <laughs> you guys get down there, you'll notice – miles and miles of FEMA trailers. I, I don't know what, I mean, there has to be, there has to be tens of thousands, mm-hmm. easily, trailers that have FEMA on them. So somebody's moving those those FEMA oh, yeah. trailers. <laughs> so I know Craig Fuller over at Freightways mm-hmm. has quite a experience in that. Yes. So what's the next one, Kev? Uh, the next one is energy and petrochemicals, and that could be heavy haul, out to the drilling rigs, to those same petrochemicals that are kind of in the chemicals or maybe the raw materials, actually, for the chemicals and plastic. So everything from flatbed, open deck, heavy haul to chemical tankers, oil tanker, you know, the tanker trailers, liquid. Right. Yes. Yep. The next big category, number six, is consumer packaged goods, or CPG. Actually, I looked this one up because I said I kind of know what it is, but I wanted to double check. CPG is anything that consumers consume on a kind of regular basis. Peanut butter, toilet paper, candy, toys, Mm -hmm. pop, milk, or or soda if you're from somewhere other than the Midwest. Um, (laughs) so, So big players in that space would be Procter & Gamble, Nestle, Unilever, Coke, Pepsi, Johnson and Johnson. And you know, it's interesting. That's a business that has traditionally been something we bought at the grocery store, but more and more those companies are interested in shipping to homes. So if you decide I want to go after those CPG companies, recognize that they want to be more in home delivery. They also want to work more with Amazon and Walmart, you know, dot com. Mm-hmm. So traditional retail merging into uh, e-commerce. Yeah, yeah, direct to uh, consumer, right? DTC. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Next one we have is is furniture. So you're going to have a lot of driver assist or, or driver load, unload, and blanket wrapped type of equipment on that. So it's a little bit more specialized, and, and there's a lot of people who only move furniture and make a very good living at it. A lot of carriers don't want that business. A lot of them don't want. It. Don't want it. No. I'm I'm in Michigan and I remember selling one time and finding so in Grand Rapids you have Herman Miller and you have Steelcase, both of them. And they compete against each other. And I remember I got a whole bunch of lanes to quote and I was so excited. I was dancing around and then I realized after I started calling carriers, not very many carriers want to move that stuff. <laughs> because you imagine being a driver, you're sitting in the car the whole day. And then you say, after six hours of driving, I got to get out and I got to move, move uh, stuff. 
that isn't easy for anyone, even a young person. It is not. It is so, not. Kev, what's the next one? It is food and beverage, which is going to be a lot of van and reefer. Food and beverage, sometimes it needs to be refrigerated. It's, it's going to be shorter moves. It's going to be heavy loads. It's not going to pay as well as some of the niche things like just-in-time auto manufacturing or the chemicals and petros that they need really specialized equipment. But it's a high-volume game, and, and I know a lot of people, especially around here that I work with now, came from that game. Yep. And Kev, we should mention uh, the Food Safety Modernization Act yes. is something pretty important these days. And I know uh, I have did a lot of training on it with carriers and brokers for a few years. And it was interesting because I told Kevin offline that there were some people saying, oh, screw that. I'm not doing that. Well, the government doesn't like that. Fed regs are Fed regs. And yeah, I would also yeah. say that I recommend my clients, if you are doing moving food and it's something like produce or something like meat that needs to be temperature controlled, that you really want to lead with, hey, we're food safety experts. So again, it's a niche that you got to, you can't glance over it. It's a Fed reg. <laughs> you got to know it or not. <laughs> There's no kind of, oh, I'll just feel my way through it. And hopefully the carrier knows what they're doing. You need to know what you're doing. It's, it's kind of like ELDs, right? You can't just say, well, I don't think I'm going to comply. No. <laughs> Whether so, you like it or not. Right. It's here to stay. So what's next, Kev? Next are appliances. So appliances, a lot of that is final mile delivery where it's, it's really specialized. I mean, the driver has to be able to install the appliances in a lot of cases now. Right? That's the fastest growing direct-to-consumer market there is are these heavier, kind of bulkier type of insoles, right? Whether it's an oven or a washer and dryer unit, a dishwasher, you have the guy who's driving or the, the gal who's driving and they're going to go into the house and they're going to know how to install that. You know, they're going to be certified. Yep. And it used to be all retail. They'll drop it off and Sears would deliver it to your house, but not anymore. The next one is electronics and electronics is kind of same, same way. One time you say, oh, I need a computer. I'm going to go over to Best Buy. Some of us, you know, I remember buying stuff from Gateway and Dell. They've always delivered straight to consumer, but it's a very fragile item, high value, really a high risk for theft. So you got to be careful with that kind of freight. You have to be very careful with that. And then next, the last one here, health, pharma, and life sciences, which is certainly in the news now. And we actually just wrote a report on the supply chain of that. It's very similar to electronics, a very high value, very delicate. You know, whether you're doing electronics or health and pharma, you know, pharmaceuticals, you have to have it very secured, locks on the trailer to having complete visibility of where that product is, that cargo is at all times. You have to have huge insurance limits because one pallet of uh, pharmaceuticals can be over a million dollars in value. And it's a very specialized move. If you've got certain drugs like opioids or Adderall stimulants, there's a lot of theft and you really have to concern yourself. They have a ton of HIPAA. It's just one part of mm -hmm. it, but there's also a lot of Fed regs around this. So again, this is if you're going to pick some of these areas like health and pharma, great business, but do your homework, get into it and uh, do the research. And again, I think Kevin said it right. Usually the niche you have picked you. It's like thug life, right, Kev? It, it is. picked you. You didn't want to be a I know. It's, it picked us. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of, you know, you didn't select auto, 
I was just born up, here. You grew up in Ohio, and I went to, to logistics and freight brokerage doing cross-border. That's all I know. So I'm going to touch on these 11, and we'll talk a little more about some other segments. So these are industry verticals. And again, you'll notice some of the big boys have done the, their homework, and they've actually got very well-developed practices within automotive, number one, chemical and plastics, number two. Number three is industrial manufacturing. Four, government defense, government and defense, including FEMA. Number five is energy and petrochemicals. Number six is consumer packaged goods. Number seven is furniture. Eight is food and beverage. Number nine is appliances. Ten is electronics. And 11 is health, pharma, life sciences. That also, I think, includes vitamins, all that kind of supplements and stuff. So, Kevin kind of touched on some other areas. It really, your, your niche should be something that you probably already are in, but it also could be something like cross-border. If you say, look, we're moving a ton of freight back and forth over the border, then that's clearly your niche. Mm-hmm. And to that point, isn't that what um, Matt Silver's done over at Forager? It is exactly what he did. He said, and he was on my podcast, and he probably is on yours too, Kev. He said, there's so much freight moving back and forth. That's mostly Mexico. Canada, we've mastered, I think. They specialized. Why specialize? Because he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He picked an area and said, this is a problem area. We're going to specialize in it. Matt, too, you know, you can automate that. So he's really high level automating as much as he can with that. But even if you're just a salesperson on the floor and if you have a niche, you can kind of automate it on your own. You can define the process of how you move that across. And it makes each additional load that you do easier and easier and easier and easier to do. So you can scale up in a very micro way. So I'm going to touch on, just to kind of summarize this topic, then I'm going to ask Kevin to put a bow on it. And then we'll ask you a little bit more about what's going on over freight waves. Again, today with my good buddy, Kevin Hill, He's tolerating my podcast again. After his first experience, I'm surprised he came back. But what we're saying is the riches are in the niches. And really, if you're going to grow your company, if you're going to grow your sales individually, you want to specialize. You want to understand the specific problems in a niche. We just went over those market segments. Perfect way to do it. When you pick a niche, then you can develop content, content that you can distribute to potential customers through webinars and websites, podcasts like this, Mm -hmm. articles. Another thing, you're going to have so much more confidence. It is so much easier to sell when you say, I am a flat out expert in this and they're lucky to talk to me today, as opposed to I'm faking it again. Uh, Exactly (laughs) right. Your life is going to be so much easier. Your blood pressure is going to be down. You're going to have a calmer existence if you sell at what you know. And one of the great things about being able to define your target market, your niche, and really drilling down and building that content is that at a certain point after you put in all this effort, building webinars and, and writing blog posts and podcasting, if you want to start podcasting, is that at a certain point in the future, if you just keep at it, you're not going to be outbound calling anymore. People are going to be finding you and calling you up and asking your advice. And that's the the golden ticket. Yeah, and when somebody calls you and says, hi, Kev, I understand you're the expert in this, the bar is a lot lower. I don't have to gain favorable attention. I've already gained it. I gained Mm -hmm. it online. Gained it by doing some uh, content sharing. You're exactly right. And that's that's the position that every salesperson wants to be in. And this is the first step in that process is finding out 
detailing your, you know, shipper customer, your niche, detailing and, and drafting out that persona, those five five pain points that 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 everyone that, that you sell to all your current customers are going through and expanding on that. That is this is the starting point right here. Yep. Good stuff. Thank you, Kevin. So Kev, tell us a little bit more what's going on over at Freight Waves and if someone wants to continue the conversation, get to know you, how do they do that? Freight Waves is booming right now. We're generating a lot of content on the FreightWaves side, the, the FreightWaves.com, which is uh, how most people know us. Our founder and CEO, Craig Fuller, has been just a uh, gung-ho about building up the media side of the business. And we, we write probably 25 to 30 articles a day on the freight markets. And then we also have 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have a show, whether it's Sweat the Truck or right now it's the Coronavirus Freight Market Update or put that coffee down that we do live. And then we have streaming content on that media side. And then we have our subscription-based service, which is Sonar, which is deep data analytics for the freight markets, whether that's trucking or ocean or air. That's what we do. Yeah, and Kev, I should also uh, say, I've had Craig Fuller on my podcast. Mm -hmm. He did great. I also had Dean Croak, who you introduced me to. Mm -hmm. And Dean's over at Freight Waves. Is he still there? Uh, He's not. Okay, damn it. I can't so damn you, Dean. How dare you? But anyway, I had Dean on my podcast talk about ELD. I know with the hours of service changes that are coming in our business that Freightways will be right on top of that. And uh, there's a big difference between writing content and having expert insights into content. And so over the next few months, as we try and figure out what's going to happen after coronavirus and also what's going to happen with ELD update and the economy, the election, you really do need to keep your eyes on what they're doing over at Freight Waves because they do have their finger on the pulse. Thank you. Yes, we, we do. We do. We have those, those writers and market experts here in the house, and we all kind of blend it together and, and write what people need to know about the freight market. Excellent. Thank you so much, Kev. I really do appreciate it. It was really kind of you to come in and share your knowledge today. Thank you very much, Joe. It's always a pleasure. We'll have you on Put That Coffee Down talk about sales here in the next few weeks and and invite me anytime you want to. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening to my podcast. Your continued support is very much appreciated. Until next time, Onward and Upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com.